And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. This is the word of the Lord. His second reading is taken from Luke, chapter 6, reading from verses 32 to 38, on page 1034 in the Church Bible. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those to whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I just want to spend a few minutes this morning reflecting on the first of those two readings. Um, Well, you can have the words of that back on the screen. That would be great. Yeah, you like a challenge up there. I know you do. Um, And people can see what I'm talking about, um, or at least they can look at something if they don't want to listen to what I'm saying. So uh, this is a reading. um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's quite well known. Second letter to the Corinthians. And uh, if you're not, it was written by the Apostle Paul who founded many of the very first Christian churches to the church in Corinth, um, what we nowadays call southern Greece, a a huge city of the time, very cosmopolitan, very wealthy city, 
Um, And that Christian church we know quite a lot about from Paul's two letters to the Corinthians, which we find in our Bibles. Uh, And to explain very briefly what's happening when he writes these words uh, back in the first century. Um, At the time, there had been a food shortage, uh, not in Greece actually, in the Jerusalem area. And and Paul has been organising a collection for the Christians in Jerusalem from other churches around the place, and he's going to send the money to help those uh, people who are in danger of starvation. It's a kind of early Christian aid, really, that's going on here. And the Corinthian church, to whom Paul writes, um, had very enthusiastically pledged quite a large donation to this collection, but for very pressing reasons, they hadn't quite got round to putting the money actually into the collection. Um, And Paul basically, in our Bibles here, is writing a note saying, you know that money you were going to give, I just want to talk about that now. That's what this is about, this reading. And uh, in the course of the reading, we find that um, the Macedonian churches that are referred to in verse 1, Macedonia being in the northern part of Greece, but much less rich than the Corinthians, had actually already given money to the collection, more than they were expected to, enthusiastically, though they were poor, says Paul. And Paul says, do you know what? Since I mention it, those Macedonian Christians, they gave a lot of money, even though they didn't have to. Can I just remind you about the collection, he says to the Corinthians. So that's what this reading is about, and you can see it in the words there. Out of their severe trial, they gave, out of, in their generosity, more than they were expected to. They urgently pleaded with us for the, um, the, the um, privilege of sharing in the collection. Can I have the other half of that reading on the screen? Yeah, flick it on a page. That's great. That's the one. Um, keep going. Keep going while I'm talking. Uh, we'll get there in a minute. And so Paul just talks to them about that. He says, wouldn't it be great if you could give in the same way that you did? Or perhaps in a little bit of a different way. Because he says, you know what? Um, In verse 7 in our reading, he says this. You Corinthians, you excel in grace. Just as you excel... Let me find it on here. In speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, in your love for us. See also that you excel in this grace of giving. And there's a thing about the Corinthian church, which again, you might know this if you're familiar with those letters. They were very kind of upfront church. They were very keen on worship, very keen on spiritual gifts, and at least in their own eyes, they were quite a big and important church, uh, and they were quite well aware of this. And Paul says, you know what, that's all great. That is fantastic. But it's something like this. If you are so important... If you're such a fantastic, strong church with so many great things going on, if you have such brilliant worship and all kinds of other spiritual strengths, does that actually mean anything at all? Unless you're also able to give strongly to your brother and sister when they're in need. Or is it actually meaningless without the grace of generous giving, which actually shows that you really, really mean it? And he finishes off by saying something which is very famous and very well known. He says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. 
And although he's still using the words poor and rich, he's not talking about money anymore, is he? He's talking about Jesus. And he's saying, you know what, Jesus had everything. Jesus at the right hand of the Father, surrounded by angels, you know, top seats in heaven. But he gave that all up to become like us, to go to that cross where he died and poured out his life and his blood for you. He was rich, then he was poor. And so you became rich. All these things that you have, you Corinthian Christians, uh, maybe if Paul was here today, he might say all these things that you have, you Christians in St. Jude's, you have because Jesus gave it all up for you. All the love that you've experienced from God, all the benefits you have of being this wonderful church, Jesus poured it all out for you that you might have that. And it's kind of curious, but also it makes sense that he kind of wraps this up with the talk of rich and poor and giving money. Um, Because the point, I think, is something like this. The point is that the whole of the Christian life is about freely giving and freely receiving. Giving out as much as you can and also receiving as much as there is on offer, without limits, without anything. Because that's actually what Jesus has done for us. Everything. No limit, no kind of end point, no kind of balancing up whether it's enough or not. And it's curious because Jesus says this lots of times, and Paul as well says it lots of times. It's funny that once you've accepted how much God has done for you, it actually becomes a lot easier to do things for other people. Because you realise just how much you've been given. You realise just how much you can give as well. Uh, and so Paul says to the Corinthians, really, you know what, as, as in life, as in the Christian life, so it is with our money. There's no difference, really. Freely give and freely receive. Don't worry about how much or that kind of thing. I'll let you into a little secret. Um, I know, you know, don't tell anyone, all right? I know there's not many of us here, so uh, I know you'll, you won't give it away or anything like that. Uh, Although I work for the diocese, I, I don't know if it's in my job description, Mike, but I don't think I'm required to agree with everything the diocese does. Is it okay if I say that? Yeah, I think it's all right. Actually, there's someone I work with here. Don't, you're not listening, okay? All right, don't say anything. Don't put it in that newspaper or anything like that. Um, the, um, and yeah, the diocese works, the way it works financially is that um, every year we write to all the churches saying, we need this much money, and this is, this is how much money you're going to give us this year. And if you don't, we're going to send someone around and talk about why you're not giving us that much money. Um, Imagine if Mike did that to you guys, and he wrote to you, said, look, we've decided how much money we need in the church, and you're going to give us this much this year, and if you don't, I'm going to come round and talk to you about how much you owe me, because you didn't pay last year either. It'd be awful, wouldn't it? But he doesn't need to, because he knows that actually many of you understand this already. It's about freely giving and freely receiving. And out of the generosity of what you give, this church can rely on the fact that God will bless it for its needs in the years to come. Interesting thought that occurred to me as I was preparing this sermon. So there you go. Um, And as you think about this in the context of your response Sunday, I've just got two or three things I want to sort of say to you in application of this uh, before we pray about it. Um, But just so you don't think I'm beating up on you, I've got a couple um, for Mike as well, actually, or not just for Mike, but for the PCC and the leadership here in the church, um, applications of how this works, really. Uh, And number one is this. This is is really important. Uh, If you want people to give... You need to show them where the need is. And I think it's fantastic that 
people have got this booklet in front of them which shows where the need is going to be here. Because actually, we don't just say, oh, look, just give us the money. We say there is a real need. There's a real need here. And if you're able to give to it generously and freely, then actually God will bless that and we'll be able to respond to that need. That's fantastic. Uh, and the other thing is, um, Mike, and I know you're not, um, but don't be afraid to ask. Because Paul wasn't afraid to write to the Corinthians like this. Um, in my parish that I was a few years ago, similar in some ways to this one, um, every year I would stand up and preach a sermon quite similar to the one I'm preaching now. And I could guarantee without fail every year someone, not always the same person, um, but often, um, would not like it very much. And I'd get a little note or an email saying, please don't talk to me about money in church again. I don't want to hear that stuff. That's not why I come to church. In fact, someone once actually said to me, um, um, because we were making quite a big change in the church, which he didn't like very much, if you do that, I will actually leave and I'll take my money away from the church. And um, I I actually didn't quite say it like this, but I said something like this. I was more polite probably. But I said, you know what, if, if that's how you feel, we don't want your money. Not because we don't like you, don't get me wrong, but actually it needs to be freely given. And we are asking for that as a generous gift. We ask because it's important and we're not afraid to ask, but only give if you're able to give it freely out of, the, out of your heart and your love. So just two or three things really to think about as we pray about this today. Um, first one is this. This is really important. Uh, remember when you think about your financial giving, Remember the teaching of the Bible about how much you should give. Now, I don't know if I'm going to say now what you think I'm going to say, because you will have been taught, and I apologise if it's been said in this church as well, that you should give 10%. You know what, I'm still reading my Bible and I can't find that anywhere in the New Testament. It doesn't say that. What it does say is this. It says a couple of things. Well, it says lots of things, but I've got a couple. One is it says that there was a widow in the temple as Jesus sat there watching lots of people chucking huge amounts of money into the collection, as you're about to do today, no doubt, and one lady came in and put in the tiniest possible coin, you know, like a 1p piece it would be for us. And Jesus said, that woman gave more than anybody else here today, because that was even more than she had to give in the first place, and she gave so much. And it may be actually that's you today, and you're thinking, I would love to give, but I'm not sure how much I've got. And the tiniest possible coin is the richest possible gift. Isn't that great? Fantastic. Um, But just something else about that, which is that obviously the opposite also applies. It may be that if someone has been given so much by God, they've, they've worked hard or they've received so much financially, that actually they need to give a little bit more. Or even quite a lot more. And if that's you today, if you're blessed in that way with, with money, um, then I've got bad news for you. Because it's really hard for you to give generously. Unlike that widow, all she had to do is put in the 1p and she'd given more than she ever could. You, if that's you, you, you've got a really hard task if you're going to give generously. Really, really have. And, and that is worth thinking about, I think. Because the Bible says, how much have we been given? Let's not hold anything back. Let's give freely. Okay. Another thing to say here, um, and by the way, I'm, I'm not just talking about giving to the church here, I'm talking about any kind of giving, whatever you give to, whoever you give to in the world. 
But having said that, before the treasurer panics and thinks, oh no, he's, not gonna, he's telling people not to give to the church. Um, if you are a member of this church, if you consider yourself to be a member, and you have disposable income, and I know some people don't have disposable income if you're on benefits and you know, you're not sure how much money you've got week to week, but if you do, you should be giving money to the church. Is that okay, Mike? That's the right thing to say, isn't it? Maybe you should be. And that doesn't in any way contradict what I just said, by the way. Um, just like St. Paul can say to the Corinthians, I'm not commanding you to do it, but by the way, I'm just testing how much you love your, your fellow brothers and sisters. Um, you know, if you benefit from this, like the Corinthians did from their church, all the wonderful things that go on here, the ministry, the fellowship, the activities, the outreach, it, it doesn't run on thin air. It runs on a lot of prayer. It runs on the sweat and toil of many, many gifted people. And it runs on hard cash. Did you know that? It's a bit of a shock to some people, but it does. Uh, quite a lot of hard cash, I should imagine. So if that's you, if you benefit from this, please do contribute in every possible way, including that one. It's really, really important. And it shows our commitment to each other and to the work of the church. And finally, um, if and when you do give financially. Please do practice that giving as part of your spiritual life. If we learn anything from these words at all, it is that this is actually part of who we are as Christians, really. And the reason for that is, as we've seen already, it's, it's when we have something that we think is ours and we freely let go of it. That is when we are closest to Jesus. Because this morning we worship in the name of Jesus who had everything and freely let go of it for us. He poured it all out, even his life itself for us. And when we do that in any possible way, even in the smallest possible way, we are very, very close to him. We give it up and we find that we are, we're with him in spirit. And we find that in the words of this reading here, we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to say a prayer now, um, and it's not a prayer about money. We leave that to our own consciences as we pray about it with God, but I just want you to think about your own response to Christ this morning, and for me to think about mine. Think about what it is to be given so much by God. And what it is that maybe we can do today or this week to open up our hands and open up our hearts to him. To give back, maybe in a tiny way, something of what he's given to us. To let go and to experience his love and let the love flow out to the people around us. So let's just pray now as we do that. Lord, we pray this morning that you will help us to know just how much you love us. And it's not easy, but help us to accept that, to receive that, and to know that we are loved freely without any conditions or any judgment at all, because Christ has dealt with that. And I pray for each one of us here, I pray for myself, I pray for each person, 
that you will help us to know how we can let go as Christ let go for us, to pour out our love to each other and to the world around us that you have made. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for pressing us hard in an area of our life and discipleship.